Hello and welcome back to another episode of Wellhouse Exorcism. This is your amazing podcast hostess, Shanna. This is the amazinger podcast host, PJ. It's just us tonight. Oh god, it's like that episode of Games Overboard all over again. Hi. Oh, my stomach hurts. I gotta go to bed. How you doing? Oh boy. Um, so we are going to go on a side quest here in Pennsylvania because Laura and Ray were supposed to be here for Annabelle doll, but they are too cool and had to go to a chamber commerce meeting or something. Whatever the heck that means. Yeah, pff, they're big people in the area, so they go to these big old meetings. <clears throat> so I decided to pull out one of my side stories that I was going to hold off until the new year, but we'll do it now because I want to keep the doll stories together. So I thought tonight, honey bun... We would focus on the Hillview Manor, which is here in Pennsylvania. What are your thoughts about that? I didn't even know it existed until you told me about it. But I, I want to go now. Yeah, I mistakenly thought that this was like the reason for like the haunting of Hill House, even though I know as an English teacher, Shirley Jackson wrote that. For some reason, my brain was like, oh, this must be what she based her stories off of, because I've known about this place for years. I thought haunting a Hill House was a just TV. It wasn't based on anything. Shirley Jackson's novel. Look it up. Go look it up. Yeah, good. And we will obviously not cut that out. Yep. Why are you questioning the English teacher? Because we, when the first came out, we thought it was based on a book. And we're like, oh, it's not. No, it's Shirley Jackson's story. And these um, people who believe they're mediums go to a house because they want to talk to the ghosts. Um, actually, uh, Stephen King loved it. He thought it was very inspired, so he like gave accolades to Shirley Jackson for her story. Am I right? Yeah, I don't understand why you question your amazing wife, who has a four O in her PhD program. I could, no, I swear, then it was something else. Then where we thought it was based on a book, and then we watched, you know, we like researched it. And we're like, oh no, it's. No, it's just a... We watch a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, in any case, I really thought that the um, Hillview Manor was, like, the basis for her story. I don't know why, because I've known about this for years. I want to say that my grandmother told me about it. I'm not really sure. But um, I'm going to just kind of briefly mention what Hillview Manor is. And then I want to kind of go over nursing homes and why they're haunted, tell some stories there, and then head back right into Hillview Manor. Okay? That's my goal here tonight. I like it. A little it. bit different than usual. So um, the Hillview Manor was known as the Lawrence County Home for the Aged uh, way back in the day. And it really helped. Um, it was like a poor house and a poor farm. So people who were like destitute or mentally ill, um, disabled, basically any elderly, anybody that... Like a place for misfits almost. People who... Yeah. Like... Unfortunately, there were like there were issues way back in the day where if you don't want to take care of someone who had issues, you would ship them off somewhere else and like... yeah. So it's just, that's a sad... Yeah, this wasn't like a novel idea. They were all <laughs> no. over the place. So we hear the word asylum, and asylum meant many things back in the day. And so you hear the term bedlam now, and bedlam's based off of a notorious asylum in England. Uh, but like, so you're sending me to bedlam. My mom used to say it all the time when I would talk to her. She's like, you're sending me to bedlam. Um, now I understand because I have children. <laughs> but so it was not a new idea. You would just kind of ship off anybody that you want to deal with to the poor houses. But actually, you know, interestingly enough, as I was like thinking about this... I'm currently teaching a Christmas Carol, and we just did the scene in the play where uh, Scrooge says, you know, aren't there poor houses 
Aren't there workhouses? <laughs> My taxes pay for those. And if they don't want to go there, they might as well die, right? So it's just, you know, that was the 1840s and we're, you know, this is less than 100 years later here in America. That's what the Hillview Manor was. Initially, it was a, a home for the aged and the poor. Um, and then later, it turns into just um, a, a nursing home, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, so because this podcast is all about, you know, haunted locations and objects right now, this fits the idea of a haunted location. Location. Because nursing homes um, are a great place to have ghosts. Do you know why, PJ? I do not. Can you explain? People die there. That's the the <laughs> obvious answer. What? I mind blown. We shouldn't joke about death, I guess. But that is the really the big reason why um, aged care facilities tend to have most like of these like haunted stories is because people die there. And I actually learned a lot during my research. I used to have papers all over right now, um, all about uh, how nurses who work at these facilities, like they all have certain codes they follow and like rules that are just kind of unspoken. And if there are ghosts, like there was one comment later in one of the stories where the, the person's like, yeah, well, you know, they're always here. That was the comment yeah, about ghosts. That's <laughs> even the name of the article. It's just they're, they're always they're here. always here. Um, so I do want to give a shout out to Hello Care. Um, it's a website that I was on. They've um, focused on RNs and, you know, like taking care of people. You know, obviously it's called Hello Care for a reason. But they said, aged care homes are unique for a number of reasons, but working in an environment where people come to live out the final years of their lives means that aged care staff are regularly in the presence of death. So, of course, when you have death, you have spirits who either are, like, waiting to go somewhere else, you know, or uh, want to hang out a little bit longer. Yeah. I feel like we listened to, a um, is it on Spooked? Another shout out to different podcasts. But wasn't there a story about a cowboy a uh, ghost who like hung out and was like smoking cigarettes with the one uh, nurse on duty. Oh, it was in the whole episode on yeah, like people who experienced like uh, ghosts, like yeah. phenomena. And they were always like immediately after like someone died, they would just feel a presence in the room or see something and you know like the the person who just died standing in the corner behind them or something like that. Yeah, and what I find it really interesting about that is the uh, story about the guy with the cowboy hat. Like, it was the guy who kept coming into the ER and into the hospital because he kept drinking himself, like, pretty much to death. And the RN had said that he had, like, I think it was cirrhosis of the liver, so he wasn't going to survive. Um, but, like, after he had passed away, and, like, he's, you know, the dead, the body's there, he's hanging out with the, the cowboy, and they're smoking a cigarette, and he looks happy as can be and healthy as can be. So it's kind of like, you know, again, that idea that when you're around death, there's a possibility you're going to have some uh, stragglers who don't right away go toward the light. And so when I was on this Hello Care article, I thought it was interesting because when they were talking to nurses, now of course this is all just, you know, uh, them emailing out and calling nurses, but one of the the most common claims that they got was the nurses said they would feel slaps in the back of their legs um, while they were working completely alone. So that was big. They would like feel slaps on the backs and on their legs. Like someone's like saying, hey, how's it going? Slap or whatever. Or if they're walking at the right height for like a wheelchair, like they're hitting a mess. They're in their, like, their ghostly wheelchairs. Um, so that was kind of interesting. The most common experience amongst all these aged care workers, whether they're RNs, LPNs or whatnot, is experiencing call bell alerts in the residence's yeah. rooms when they're obviously dead or the room is not being used. Yeah, my grandmother, when she lived in this house, she had a little bell she rang whenever she needed service. And after she passed away, I waited to hear that bell because that's, you know, that she did it so many times a day. If there was going to be like a residual haunt of any type, I thought it would be that. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, I did smell her perfume leading up to the uh, funeral. 
Oh, well, that's better than but, hearing a, a ringing bell, I guess. Yeah. So the idea of things lingering after they pass, like, it makes sense, you know. And once she, once the funeral happened a couple days later, then, you know, that stopped. You know, it's, for a nursing home then or a hospital, it makes sense that we would have a lot of restless spirits there. Yeah, one of the uh, ca- the aged care workers they talked to said they would get repeated call bell alerts coming from empty and locked residents' rooms. So the person had long since died. They closed up the room, but it would still be going off on their like you know their monitor. Yeah. And it said many staff also recall hearing new aged care residents speak candidly about witnessing ghostly apparitions after moving into the room of a recently deceased resident. And so there was one story where the the RN said, "Yeah, I was talking to the new nursing home resident, and she was within her right mind, but she was older, and that's why she had um, you know moved into this nursing home." She's like, you know, I don't really mind. This room is very nice. You guys are great staff. But could you tell the man to leave? He keeps, like, I'll fall asleep. I'll wake back up. And he'll just be, you know, there sitting in the chair by the window. And he's smoking a cigarette. And I don't, you know, I thought it was a no-smoking facility, yada, yada, yada. And so the RN had her, like, you know, describe him. And to a T, she described the guy who was dead. So I thought that was kind of an interesting, like, side story that I got. So crazy. My favorite story from the care people is um i'm probably gonna tell it oh but that's okay, okay. yeah see see all this right is here? the balloons the yes balloons yeah so i actually have multiple okay, stories go ahead because i did multiple side stories okay we'll get to that then i wanted to make sure that my research was sound before well research it's ghosts right but Don't you mentioned research. the balloons which is the next thing see it goes down that. the line yeah so do you want to read that story you can it's all highlighted and Ooh. then i have the extra story afterwards so go ahead okay so according to this story uh this is taken out of the um, hello care article hello care article According to this story, the carer had just walked into the hallway to begin her rounds when she noticed a bouquet of helium balloons standing in the hallway that were courtesy of a birthday celebration for a recently deceased resident. The carer continued to doing her rounds until eventually, feeling as though someone was behind her, she turned around only to notice that the balloons had followed her on her rounds all the way into the office, causing the carer to walk outside and set the balloons and the resident's soul free. That's so sweet. (laughs) She's walking. Oh, the balloon's there. Walk again. Oh, crap. It's there again. You know what? Just go outside. And so there's a reason why she opens the door later. But during another research section, I found real creepy stories from nurses. It's like the 10 creepiest tales. And of course, they had interviewed nurse uh, RNs for it. Um, It was um, a very similar story, but it was from a different nurse completely. And it says, it was my second year working in the institution as an RN. I worked night shift on the pediatric unit. Our patients were often preschool and school-age children. We had a patient who would always want her visitors to bring balloons whenever they came to visit her. She died early, earlier after her long stay in the hospital. Days passed. One of my co-workers celebrated her birthday, to which we had several balloons in the station. We noticed two balloons floated slowly bobbing up and down. Now, this would not have bothered me, but those balloons then stopped by the girl's previous room, just right in front of the door, and slowly went back to the nurse's station. This cannot be explained by air currents. So again, like two different balloon stories, which I thought that was kind yeah. of cool. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, you know, like freak out here too much, but it's kind of cool to get the same story and a different person completely. Mm-hmm. But I think there are like a lot of like sweet heartwarming stories too from these nursing homes. And you have these RNs who really like, and uh, and other healthcare workers, like the LPNs and stuff, who really like make connections with these elderly patients and take care of them. And it really is, they're, they're a godsend. You know, they, I really it's believe that. a tough that. job. It is, yeah. As my grandmother was in a nursing home, you know, you have some great nurses and some bad ones. And near her end, I got to say, she was over here in our area and she had some really great care. Um, So 
going on from that, they have these like unspoken rules that they follow, and that's part of how they help their deceased residents find the afterlife. And one of them is opening windows. Did you read that section at all? I missed that. It is interesting. And again, it showed up again in my other article. So this is a common thing that if you get a job as any kind of aged care worker in any nursing home, one of the unspoken rules that you will learn is you always open a window when the person is dying and has passed away. Do you know why? Something involving the fresh air? <laughs> yes, it's lovely outside. <laughs> it's so their spirits can leave. That's what, And that's why the lady had opened the door and took the balloons outside so the, the child yeah. could go off to the afterlife. And so um, this is a story from the Hello Care article, and then there's another one that matches it um, from the creepy stories. One aged care worker shared a heartwarming story about how staff at their facility um, ensure that palliative residents have a lamp that emits a soft light that stays on at all times, and that a window or sliding door is always left open a fraction. As most staff at this particular facility believe that this stops a person's soul from being trapped in their room. Isn't that sweet? So it's a rule to keep a nice soft light on so they don't feel like they're lost in the darkness. And mm. then they leave doors or windows open so they can leave. Interesting. I know. So now you wonder that nurse that had the story about how that old lady, like, explained that guy who had tea smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and he's by the window. Did they forget to crack it open? I, <laughs> I have some questions. He's just blowing the smoke out the window. <laughs> the window that's closed. You know. Um, or he just likes it there. Maybe that was, like, his best time. I don't know. But the article then does go into detail as to why they do it. And it says, as obscure as this sort of ritual may sound initially, many aged care staff actually revealed that they also did similar things that they felt assisted their resident in the afterlife. Some staff opened windows and doors while others spoke aloud and let any unseen forces know that they were free to go. And I think we do something like similar, you know, like, you know, it's okay if you leave now, ma'am, ma, you don't have to hang out here or let's have like in the Catholic religion, yeah. let's have a mass for you. And that way your soul can kind of, you know, go on to the afterlife. Yeah, so really. I think that's one of the key purposes of a funeral, you know, but for a lot of these people who are in these places, they don't have family. They don't have people to say goodbye to them. So they, they're just lingering. They're just yeah. there. Um, isn't there a story about two Catholic priests that your mom always tells? Yeah. The mass? I don't want to mess that story up. So tell it to the best of your ability. Because, so again, Catholicism, it shows the idea of, like, opening windows or saying goodbye. Yeah, so Catholicism is all about the idea of purgatory. Like, you can't just get into heaven because heaven is perfection. And we, even if we confess our sins, like, on our deathbed, like, we are not pure. Uh, not not enough to be in literal perfection. So Sometimes. Yeah. Some yeah, there are uh, yeah, apparently yeah, there are cases uh, according to um, you know, like our belief and everything that you do just get a straight ticket in. Heaven. I believe your mom's going right to heaven. She's a saint. <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh so there's a story of these two priests, maybe bishops, I think. They were priests. Priests, and they swore to each other that if one priest died, the next one would have a funeral mass for him the very next day. Uh, to help him get out of purgatory and into heaven quickly. And so, sure enough, one of the priests, you know, eventually dies, and the next day the other one has a, a funeral mass for him, and then that night he has a dream where his friend comes to him in his sleep, and uh, he says, what, what took you so long? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, the funeral mass. You said, we promised that we would do it the, the day after we died. And he's like, I did it. Today is the day after your death. And, uh, the other the priest who passed away, like looked taken aback. And he said, it felt like it's been a hundred years. 
Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it kind of breaks your heart too, thinking of that. But you know, there's that whole idea, like, what is time to, um, to eternity? Someone, yeah, to eternity. Because they explain, like, you know, it's it's a bird who's carrying a, one pebble of sand in its beak from a mound to another side of the of the the land, and it goes back and forth, and it takes that one pile of sand and then makes a new pyramid on the other side and back and forth, and like that is just like one minute of eternity. So yeah, can you imagine? I was down oh. in purgatory for twenty four hours. I felt like a hundred years, <laughs> <laughs> based on the dreams you've. They had. only let me out just for this, <laughs> just for this little talk. I have to go back. <laughs> I have to go back again. <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, so there was one more out of the window story um, that oh, again. Oh my dream! We haven't posted that discussion yet. No, we have not. Yeah. But you'll have to. It was the latter half of one of our. You'll have to prepare for that emotionally, and then let it go. I mean, I already talked about it. We just have to post it. <laughs> oh, is it recorded? Yeah. We had an extra long recording session with Laura and Ray one day. Oh, yeah. We got all we into did. dreams and we religion did. and theology. and It got pretty deep. It did. So deep and heavy. Yeah. We, we saved that for a bonus episode. Okay, that'll be a bonus. Maybe we'll do two this week. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I'm done with college until the springtime now. So, I got, Oh, by the way, that um, bad grade that I had, that like, you know, 70%, it's now a 100%. Just saying. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, so on the creepy stories from random other nurses, not from the Hello Care article, there was a similar story, and it was called Out of the Window. And it says, I was working on a night shift when a call light goes off for room 130. For all I know, this room has no one in it, so I canceled the light from the desk, but it wouldn't cancel. I walked down to the room just to check. Upon entering the room, I heard a budging sound at the window, like something or someone is trying to get out. Knowing what might be happening, I took up all the courage I could, took a deep breath, opened the lights, and walked to the window and opened it. I felt weird because a soft breeze went by and flew by me, then out the window. I later found out that a patient had died during the morning, and apparently the nurses before my shift didn't open the window. <laughs> weird as it may sound, but when someone passes, let them go and open the room's windows. And, and there's exclamation <laughs> point there. So it's like, okay, it is a common thing. Um, but there are two other stories that I liked from the article that you did not read. And I'd like you to tell a story. You could you could choose the intruder or the smile. It's up to you. Intruder. Okay. Now, this one is also, I think it fits the story of Hillview Manor because it is it, a nursing home, but people who also have mental disabilities. So the person mm -hmm. that the, the RN is referencing when, she, when the person's talking, they're talking about someone who is not all there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a good connection. But go ahead. Read The Intruder for our readers. I worked as a registry nurse knock shift, and it was very quiet and peaceful, and peaceful at 3 a.m. While doing simple floor rounds, I felt something behind me. Turned around and saw a shadowy, girly figure wearing a hospital gown run into a resident's room. I wasn't terrified at all, despite knowing the story, I was thinking intruder. So I immediately entered the room, and the resident in the room was up, an Alzheimer's patient, and she said, did you see that? And I was like, what? And the resident said, she went in there, pointing to the closed bathroom. I waited a bit and called for help to ensure it wasn't an intruder and that the unit was clear. To this day, I can't explain it. But know what I saw, and oddly enough, what my patient saw, despite her mental status. Weird, but it's my job. Nursing. <laughs> that comes with job. Not only are you taking care of people's health needs, you're also watching for the ghosts. 
And interestingly enough, in some of the stories from Hillview Manor, and I, I'm not sure if you watched on the website I sent you, they actually had like EVPs and video I recordings and stuff. I time. I wanted to. Oh, I watched them with my pre-service student teacher. I'm like, come here. We, we, need to, we need to do some research. And she's like, oh, for the podcast? And I'm like, <laughs> this is necessary for us to watch. So some of it was just trash. Like, I, we didn't see anything. But a couple of the EVPs were amazing. And they're, but Zach Baggins. Can we not talk about him? But he was there. I actually, I purposely skipped that. I refuse to talk <laughs> about him. <laughs> of course he's been there. I actually found out this is one of the most haunted locations in the United States. This is one of the most haunted locations in the United States. Did he actually say that? I've never watched that. Well, that's how he talks, though. Oh, like, okay, saw, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it actually is because it's so easy to get recordings and to get visuals. But there are recordings of them, like there, you can watch on the website, of the Hillview Manor dot com website or whatever um there are figures like at the ends of halls and they're like do you want to come down here no okay you can hang out there <laughs> you stay there then <laughs> yeah that's cool you don't have to come and there are stories of like you know ghosts running down the hallways and stuff so again like that intruder idea it's vindicating even if it is an alzheimer's patient seeing it there's that vindication because not only you but that person saw it too are you planning on talking talking about jack osborne no did you see that one Jack Osborne, and he has like a paranormal investigation group. Of course he does. And they were there for four days, like alone in this building, he and his team. Oh, and is this the Portal to Hell House? I think so. That episode, yeah. yeah. I saw the article. Uh, but the place was so active that, that during that time, no, maybe it was... Maybe Zach Baggins was there for four days. They were there for 24 hours. No, it's the Portal of Hell House. That I, I remember I actually, a Portal to Hell, I printed the article yeah. out, but they ended up not using it. Anyways, even though they were there all that time, they only stayed in two rooms because it was so active. They didn't need to go anywhere else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's one of the most haunted locations because it's so easy to go there. You can actually schedule public and private tours. You can investigate there. And if you forget to bring health, like safety stuff, they have it all there to buy at the gift shop because, you know. Might as well make some money off of it. Which is so cool. <laughs> I want to go buy a, you know, a hard hat. I want to get the shirt that says I checked out of Hill House or Hillview Manor. <laughs> Hill House is pretty close. <laughs> close. So the last story that I thought was really sweet that came from um, the Hello Care article was Smile. Oh, no, this is from the, uh, the, creepy, the, the creepy Tales. Doing my rounds as a new RN in a unit. I saw an old lady dressed in hospital's gowns. Thinking that the patient was lost or couldn't sleep, I signaled her from afar, we're at the opposite ends of the hallway, to ask her what's wrong. Grabbing her attention, she turned her face to me, smiled, and passed through a wall into a patient's room. I froze from what I saw. I found out later that the woman had died three days earlier from a car accident and watching over her husband, who was hospitalized in the room that she'd entered. Hmm. Isn't that sweet? She couldn't go to her eternal rest till she knew that her man was safe. I will not do that for you. No, get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> scram. <laughs> Shoo, get. Shoo, get. <laughs> I'll be in purgatory. Who am I kidding? <laughs> Unless they don't open the window, as I've learned. Uh, yep, there is that. <laughs> Gotta open the window. So if anyone's listening out there right now, open the darn window. <laughs> All right, so back to the actual story we're here for. So we got all that priming going on. Now let's discuss the Hillview Manor, like legit. Now it is, um, it was long abandoned. It closed down in uh, 2004 due to like some money issues, but then it was bought. And um, so now it's no longer abandoned. So you can't go there and like, you know, 
run through the hallways. You have to pay to go in for these yeah. <laughs> tours and investigations. Um, but they do have regular staff. They have cops on the um, on surveillance video. They have security on, on premises all the time. So please do not go there. <laughs> Unless you make an appointment and schedule a tour. Yes, please. <laughs> do it legally. Don't do it the bad way. Um, so again, as I mentioned, Hillview Manor was known as the Lawrence County home for the aged way back in the day. Um, it was built um, to kind of replace a whole bunch of uh, nursing homes in the area to consolidate because obviously money is always an issue. Um, and they really did house mostly mentally ill and old people. They rarely took in children, which is actually a story later mm. in this. They didn't really want kids. They wanted the older people who needed help. But anyway, the facility opened its doors on Tuesday, October 19th, 1926. That day, Perry D. Snyder and his wife, Mary A. Snyder, took control of it, and they were in charge. They had quite the illustrious um, service of this place. They're in charge of hmm. it for less than 20 years. Now, I, I don't know the full story, PJ, okay? I did some research. You know, they take over and it they uh, from what it sounds like, they're very religious. They are very high minded. They were definitely warders that you would see circa Victorian era, poor houses and workhouses and oh, Christmas yeah. Carol. That's what it seemed like from my research. However, when they first took over, they only had like, you know, 20 people living there and they had 12 staff members. So it was very manageable. But as you can imagine, it quickly filled to capacity and beyond. So when you have more residents, there's less care. We saw the same thing at Eastern State Penitentiary, actually. Yeah. You know, because they built that initially. You remember more about this, mm -hmm. this than me. So they built it as a place to fix people. Well, yeah, because that's that's the whole Puritan ideal is that it's not a jail. It's not a punishment. It's uh, the key word in penitentiary is penance mm -hmm. and so it was about fixing people making them repent and you know putting them back out into the world as better human beings and didn't their rooms have like they had their a bible room, they, well obviously they had to read, they had to read <laughs> that bible but didn't they also have like outdoor time and they had like their own garden area initially every every single of the original yeah, the original yeah had a yeah like a little i think it was like a three by three plot of grass or something like right that. outside it yeah. was small but it was still a plot of grass that they could go out to and i think the idea because did ben franklin help build it one of our founding fathers helped i, I would think probably could, yeah. um but remember. but it's been a while since we gotta go back you're yeah. going to research it now. Um, but anyway, so he, um, well, what someone decides that it's a good idea to have that outdoors because you're supposed to enjoy everything that God's created. And it's supposed to bring you spiritual relief. And so initially, Eastern State Penitentiary was great. People, you know, were reading the Bible. Ben they, Franklin. Aha, I win. They were reading the Bible. They were, you know, serving their penitents out, all that kind of stuff. But then they started taking on more and more people. And so they went from having one story to two stories. And so then you had to share the garden space, right? And then there was... Well, no, the people upstairs just didn't have didn't outside have gardens. So, it's right. so, outside time. But didn't they have to come downstairs and share that space at one point? There was a discussion about maybe them sharing I, it. Maybe there was a discussion about it, but I'm pretty sure they were just denied it oh, for a while. <laughs> well, we'll have to go back and find out. Yeah. But regardless, you have that, and then you add more places on and more places on. And as I said, it just became too unmanageable, it became a jail, because how are you supposed to do your job effectively when you cannot offer that yeah. like one-on-one -on -one spiritual help? Can I just say, real quick side thing, 
if you if you live near Philly or like a day's drive from Philly, take take a trip there because just architecturally it's beautiful because they designed it with these cathedral like roofs. It's beautiful. Even though it's, you know, falling apart, it's <clears throat> yeah. gorgeous. And it's designed like a wheel where the main desk for the guards is in the center. And you can spin around 360 degrees and just look down each hallway that's branching off of the center hub. It's so cool. It's yes. such a genius idea. Gotta thank all of our founding fathers for that. Yeah. Also, it's just really, really creepy and really... Well, it wasn't Al Capone who had his own... Al Capone yep. had a jail cell there. So yeah. you can see that's all set up. And there are just so many stories about the hauntings there. And I mean, you get a creepy vibe when you're walking through. Mm -hmm. And not just because it looks like it's falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I feel like that when I was reading the research on this, I felt it was very similar to Eastern State because I'm not going to say that the Snyders were terrible from the get-go. But like when you have 12 full-time staff members and you only have 20 inmates to take care of, that's manageable because, I mean, there's mm -hmm. 14 adults. They also have their two kids there. But, like, 14 adults to 20 inmates. Like, that's completely manageable. Oh, yeah. But then over the next tw less than 20 years, you have all these extra people being the tossed population in. exploded in this yeah. place. And so um, there, the story goes on a little further. And it says, in June of 1944, county welfare officials and the Snyders, now in their late 70s, were accused of incompetency at the home. During the hearing, the Snyders were retired with pensions. So they got off yeah. nicely. But they were permitted to stay at the home. However, by late August, so like three months later, the Snyders <laughs> were given three weeks to vacate the premises. So seems like uh, things went downhill pretty fast. Yep. The Snyders run over over 30 years of service because, again, they were working in a different place before they came to this location. Um, had ended... And Mance B. Hogue, the longtime director of the welfare department, took over. And that's where it says, you know, he did take over. And he was there. He remodeled it. He turned it into a skilled nursing center. So it really became an amazing place to go to learn nursing habits. But he said it was overcrowded by the 70s. It was really severely overcrowded. And he was not getting enough funding and support. Yeah. So he resigned. Like, he quit. He's like, if, you can't, if you're not giving me what I need, I quit. Well, you know, a year later, they're like, oh, he was right. So <laughs> they decided to expand and, like, hire more people. So, you know, I got to say that that Mance guy was pretty smart. Um, but they did keep it open from the 70s all the way until 2004. Four. And it finally shut down. Now, that being said, while it is sitting beautifully on top of a grassy hill off Route 65, as you've said before, it is incredibly active. So Hill View Manor, if you're in the area, you definitely should go visit this, too. Because it's just, it's interesting. Also, Hillview Manor, if you're listening, get someone to edit your website. Because, <laughs> man, sometimes Snyder's plural has apostrophe S's. Sometimes it's written correctly. I mean, just please. I like how it's not the English teacher no, who's complaining. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and the Snyder's comma. The Snyder's what? Oh, it's plural. Okay. Uh, yeah. Got it. <laughs> See, as an English teacher, I can breeze right over it because I have read worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, you have to. But I, expe I expect, you know. Yeah. On more a, quality. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, though, they, they have some really cool stories on there. So shout out to your website, Hillview Manor. You got some really cool stories. Mm -hmm. um, and we will be visiting at some Oh, point. we will be. Yeah. Now that you're. We won't bring the kids, though, because I think Eli will, like, be too scared. We'll bring Sophie. I, what I find interesting, too, is I was reading different articles, and there is um, a little story from a lady who did go on one of the tours, and her review, I, I feel like, I don't know, like, leaves a little bit to be desired. She promotes herself as a medium, so she wasn't very nice about it initially. Her name's Annabelle Wagner, 
However, she mentioned that like when she started the tour, there was like all these rules she had to follow. And so she took a picture of the rules, but this, the rules that I gave you are posted. Like these are rules you have to follow mm-hmm. when you're there. So it is important to note that like, it is not safe in this <laughs> manner. You need to be ready. Um, Cause it says like it has falling paint, loose ceiling tiles, broken floor tiles, broken windows, wet and damp areas. And that paint has lead for sure. Oh yeah. Electricity is not available in all parts of the building. It's unheated and has no air conditioning. So you need to consider the following when you're visiting. So don't go in the winter cause you're going to freeze or bring a really heavy coat when yeah. you do. Well, and it actually <laughs> says like, if you're going to go there in the winter, there are no restrooms then because they shut the water yeah. off. <laughs> too cold so you better hold it um so i'm guessing it, our listeners you probably want to go visit like late spring yeah and, when and, it's like 60 65 yeah, degrees pennsylvania like there's a couple good weekends in april like where it's like 70 80 degrees it's always like yep. 80 degrees on and eli's may. birthday may is a and good then day. may is fantastic june can be okay if you get to like the i said may is a good day may is a good, good day mm-hmm. don't go in july or august because it's humid and disgusting and bugs oh mosquitoes so out the wazoo and gnats, yeah. just gnats everywhere so Anyways. Just saying. Even though it's on a hill, you're going to have mosquitoes. All right. Yeah. That's why we had the yellow fever epidemic in Philadelphia in 1793. Just saying. Just don't do it. So it. I mean, they say twice here. It's like the building temperature will match the outside temperature. You should dress accordingly. <laughs> if you, and there, later it's just like, you know, the hard hats are available for your use in a limited quantity in our gift shop. You're welcome to bring your own. Flashlights and extra batteries are required to investigate and move throughout the building. Flashlights that twist to turn on are best for investigating. They're available for sale at the gift shop. I guess <laughs> continually for sale at the gift shop. Um, respirators should be worn for protection, especially if you are sensitive to dust, dirt, or any allergens. And as you mentioned, lead paint. Yep. By the way, they're available for purchase in the gift shop. Hey. If you aren't sure. They do have all these rules you have to follow. If you're going to walk through that, know that you need to be safe. You need to really kind of cover your mouth, um, you know, get the, the hard hat. footwear, bring flashlights. Yep, all, all of it. Obviously, it says, like, don't bring. Oh, I bring... just thought of something. Oh, go ahead. This podcast equipment is portable. Oh, when boy. we go there, we can just talk live about what it feels like in there. We can pay for a private investigation. Yeah, we can have a sit down. <gasps> we could go on location, but not until springtime. We could do an interview with them. I don't like cold. Hillview Manor, I'm going to at you when we post this I on love Facebook. it. <laughs> and they have their own Facebook page. All right. Let us interview you. Uh, and you'll have to take back the, uh, the grammar comments then. We'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah, English teacher in the house. <laughs> yes. She's going to be a doctor soon. <laughs> That's true. I will. And, oh, oh! I didn't tell you another one. The pot. They, they know my entire story now. I did. I looked at my course list. I have five actual courses left, and then I have the five parts of my actual re, um, research and like my, my I should say my my prep my project my dissertation. I'm done by the summer of 2024. It's so exciting! Isn't that crazy? That's really cool. You can call me Professor Hayden, Doctor Hayden, Leader of Ethics. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, smoking is not allowed in the building, of course. No drugs or alcohol. It says food and drink can be brought into our break room, but please clean up, obviously. All right. Now, initially when I read this, I thought it said uh, food and drink can be bought in our break room. I'm like, seriously, you're selling the <laughs> It's a break room. In the gift shop. <laughs> in the gift shop. However, um, upon the second, I'm like, oh, okay, we're good. So that was just silly. So there are, like, there is a list of expectations on the website. Please make sure you follow that. Now, with that being said, when you go there, you can go for private tours. You can schedule, you know, um, 
public tours. So if you're in the public investigation, you're going to be with other people walking through, oops, and you're going to get stories from um, one of the ma the caretakers of this place. Do you private, you pay for X amount of time, like people Zach Bagan did. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, th then you get to go to different locations and they have rules for that too. I did not look at how much it costs. Just saying. Okay, I did not look into that. Did you? Hillview Manor, if you just have us over for an interview and uh, we'll, we'll make a donation. I don't know. <laughs> They've been on TV with um, multiple paranormal things. They're not going to want us to come. We'll and... take your charity. <laughs> we'll feature We're you. not above begging. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not, I'm not I don't gonna... wear hats, but I'll hold my hat out. <laughs> the hard hat that you brought. <laughs> the hard hat that I no, buy at the gift shop. You'll buy at the gift shop. There you go. <laughs> now they can't say no. That's it. <laughs> we did it. That's how we pay for our tour. I'm going to buy a hard hat. And we're going to buy a really cool sweatshirt. Too. Yes. Because I, I always I, buy shirts or sweatshirts when I'm there. I want a sweatshirt. I want a zippy one. I'm, I'm looking at the microphone like you are the microphone. Hillview they Manor, are here. So. They're listening. Hillview Manor. Obviously, nothing else on their hands to do except listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is just starting. Well, if you add them on Facebook, I'm sure they'll listen. That's right. Anyway. That's, how that, that's how it works. Uh, not everyone has a podcast out there. It's not like. <laughs> but I do want to say, while there may be grammatical issues on some things, okay, I just want to say that I love that they have lists of what to expect because there are mm -hmm. places that don't do that. Oh, yeah. So shout out to them. And well, even for... I'm sorry, like even like Penn's Cave and places like that, like yes. a lot of a lot of caves in the air because Pennsylvania is full of caves. A lot of them don't say bring a sweater because it's <laughs> cold down there. <laughs> it's going to be cold. I don't know. Well, Penn's Cave, you they might. But maybe they'll. I know. Give I know one of the tour. caves that we've been to. Penn's Cave is also haunted. See, I don't know if I believe that one. Okay, I've been there a bunch. I never got a vibe off that. Well, they have bear bear stairs. They do have bears. Um, but like, I just like that they tell you what to wear. They're very upfront. Like, we're not gonna have a bathroom. <laughs> like, I, I like have to say, the upfront. website overall is really cool too. Oh yeah, I, I do like it. I like that they post all the EVP readings and stuff that they get. That is awesome. Just saying. Again, one of the most haunted locations in America. All right, so now I want to get into why it's haunted. All the ghostly residents. Is this the first one we're doing? Because yes. I want. I I wish I could have met this person. Uh, she sounds hilarious. Yes. So, do you want to talk about her? Because I'm not really sure if I can pronounce her last name. It looks Ayalo. Spanish. A yellow. Or I think it's Ayayo. And look um, the double L. Like I want to yeah. say it. Like a, I'm apologizing. I'm going to use. I'm going to use the American neutral accent and say Ayalo. Even though I'm sure it's wrong. Um, I had a student whose last name was Ariano, and I pronounced it Arellano until I realized it was two L's. The and double it'd be L. Ariano. Yeah. yeah. So it should be a Ayeo. Y. Ayeo. I'm pretty sure it's Ayeo. So uh, Mary Ayeo. So I'm going back on yep, my It's heart. one of the ghostly residents yes. of Hillview Manor. Um, they don't really, like, in terms of ghost, all you really see is her going from her room to the bathroom to wash her hands. <laughs> uh, because she had OCD and she washed her hand min minimum 15 times a day. Yeah, generally it was 20, they said. Yeah. But she was born without any eyes. And that's important because... I love this story. Because <laughs> she had fake eyes. And whenever she knew that a new hire was working, she would put her eyes on the floor. And so when they opened the door, they'd knock them and they'd go rolling on the floor. Or she, oh, it says here, she loved to play tricks or pranks on the staff who worked the second floor. She would ring the call bell for the staff to come back and straighten her bed covers. As soon as she knew they were coming, she'd remove her prosthetic eyes, hide them in the blankets, and proceed to... <laughs> oh, in the to, blankets, yep, okay. And proceed to cross the hall to wash her hands. She would wait and listen for the reaction to her eyes rolling out and startling the staff. <laughs> I just... I love that. <laughs> 
But I mean, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're blind, you might as well have fun. You're like, oh, yeah. Just, I love it. And she also loved playing bingo, which yep. is just fantastic. <laughs> and it says, how can blind people obviously have braille bingo cards? Yeah, like... or, or it said, like, she might have had a helper, too, who would, like, read off the card. But braille bingo just makes sense. Yeah. Well, and it's, again, like, there are so many ways to adapt, you know, to, mm-hmm. to your surroundings. Like, I have students who are deaf, and you just, you learn to adapt. Mm-hmm. For sure. I like it says, um, she would recite little snippets of poems she learned. Some of them were a little improper, but spoke those words <laughs> loud enough to be heard in the hallway. The same nurse as aide recalled the day Mary was transferred from Hillview Manor and placed in a local nursing home in Newcastle. And then she, like, heard the familiar voice come in the hallway, and she's like, oh, that's Mary. <laughs> like that. Uh, but apparently, like, you can, like, hear her walk, you hear her telling her improper jokes. You can you mention you see her walking to wash her hands. Um, so that's kind of, like, what you see there. Yeah. I don't think I caught anything else really funny. No, that. like, in terms of apparitions or, like, ghostly activity, that's all she does. It's like, you don't, she doesn't rock in her rocking chair or anything that she loves. Like, she doesn't play tricks on anyone that she used to do. It's, it seems more of a, in terms of residual versus intelligent haunt. This definitely feels like a residual haunt of her just, you know, a recording of her just crossing the hall and doing her thing. And her birthday was Valentine's Day. Isn't that sweet? I missed that one. It's in the very bottom. Oh, hey, look at that. Yeah. Seriously. I give you these papers, PJ. I expect you to notice everything. I read the story. (laughs) And then I see all the stuff at the bottom. I'm like, I don't need that. That's not the story. (laughs) I don't read the script. Script reads me. (laughs) All right. So... Um, another ghost that was mentioned in the Annabelle Wagner, um, I want to say like it was like a medium website. And so I'm not sure if she counts herself as a medium, but she's just telling a story about going to the, the Hillview Manor. But it was kind of snarky and I was angry for Hillview Manor because like their job is to take you on tours yeah, of and, this manor, you know? And something that Kyle said in last week's episode was that if you're going to do one of these things, at least have an open mind about it. This article from the get-go, she is very against this. Yeah, she's very vicious. Very, yeah, and it's like, why do you pay the money for Why'd this? Why'd you then? go? <laughs> why would you do this to yourself? Like, you're not going to have a good time, so what? Like, yeah, but then, it's such but then a waste she flip flops. Like, it's obvious she wants to make like I don't know. I don't. I don't mean to speak poorly of her, but she writes uh, the haunting of Hillview Manor. Do ghosts roam the halls of the former nursing home? And so I'm not gonna go through the entire article, but you know she discusses a couple of different um, ghosts that live there, and she actually gets one of the ghost names wrong. She mentions mentions Mary Ayo, but she puts Ayaya mentions the washing her hands you know she mentions jeffrey who we'll talk about later but she focuses on mary virginia and so well and it says here mary virginia's is a sudden and welcome explosion of color that's her room that she mentions her bed has been made with the bright red and pink blanket covered in hearts adorned with dolls and stuffed animals i smile when i see a raggedy ann doll similar to the one i used to own draped from the rod around her bed where the curtain should be are beaded necklaces and feather boas on her nightstand are many little trinkets costume jewelry, tiny angel statues, fake flowers, and jeweled combs, all surrounding a photograph of an old woman in a wheelchair wearing a purple dress with white lace around the collar and wrists and a flower wreath atop her head. And then, of course, there's this um, presentation going on. And so the um, person who was walking them, or her name's Carrie, Carrie says, Mary Virginia came to Hillview Manor as a child and remained here until um, 
until its end, you know, and it says, guests who visit the manor like to leave gifts for her. So uh, what's interesting about the end of this, like, little article then is that she herself pulls out, like, her earrings and, like, lays them down for her. It says, I, I reach up and unclasp the fake pearl earrings from my lobes and place them on the nightstand next to a cat-shaped pin. I take one last look at the picture before I stand to go. I'll remember you. It's like, so you were angry the whole time, but then you mentioned Mary Virginia. Um, and there's really no story about like Mary Virginia from my research, except yeah. like that and like her cool room. But it's kind of cool to see like this naysayer, like feels a little bit of that presence there and she feels a connection. So she gets a little bit of a win in my book for kind of redeeming herself at the end. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the ghosts. One thing I did like about the article is when the tour starts and Carrie, the owner, introduces herself and she's like, we originally bought this place in, in the hopes of converting it into an apartment complex. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, no, That's... we're not, not doing that. <laughs> well, and when you look at the research, because now I'm going to move on to the Haunted Hillview Manor um, from Philly Ghosts, the, the blogger from Philly Ghosts, something that's true about this place is that it's been known for countless suicides, you know? So, like, a lot of terrible things mm -hmm. happened in this place. We, we can't, like, re uh, while we're telling all these cute stories of these ghosts that are going to live there, like, you know, Mary and another Mary, and then we're going to see Jeff and whatnot, it was not a happy place. The mentally ill were brought there, the financially destitute who had nowhere else to go. You know, you, you have these people, the, the extras of society that some people don't want to take care of, and they're kind of thrust on the state welfare. And then when you're overcrowded, you can't get the help that you need, you know. And so people were like people hanged themselves yeah. here. Well, and like to be just like apologies for using this, but like a quote unquote regular person, you know, who just doesn't have family or a home. And so you're living here with people, you know, screaming in the night and. Mm -hmm. You know, people who just need need mental help and you're just there needing a place to live because no one else is there for you. Like, that's rock bottom for a lot of people. You know, yeah. I mean, the, uh, you know, I mean, you understand in a way like why they would take that that way out. Well, and you you're a special education teacher. You know, you you've we, well, and I have, too, but you more so have studied so much in the way of like how special education has evolved, you know. Oh, and how. Yeah. Like <laughs> special education, people, you know, like people with special needs in the early days of this time, like they were using experiments oh, yeah. or historically abused. Yeah. Like, yeah. Went through all kinds of abuse in a way to, quote, cure their affliction. And well, like lobotomies. Man. Uh huh electroshock therapies and all kinds of terrible things. Yeah. Now, Shutter Island kind of gets that wrong from what I, I was talking to a friend who actually has had electric shock therapy and EST nowadays is not the way it was back in the day. Oh yeah. But they, they can like focus on certain parts of your brain and it does like have great positive effects for some people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the experimentation to get to that point. And the, the voltage they used back then. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. You're, so much more severe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, and what was it? We were in college. I want to say it was in one of our psych classes that we took together. The story of these these poor children um, who were a part of the breakfast club, but they were all the special needs kids in the school, and they got extra breakfast. Do you remember the story? Yeah. And it turns out that they were putting nuclear it was stuff, radiated, yeah, radiated mm -hmm. food to see how their bodies would um, react to all this radiation. Yeah. So there you are in a public school. 
and the government is testing on you because you're special needs and no one's going to care. Yep. So like th th I think that is part of like why this is so sad and I'm glad it didn't turn into an apartment complex. Like we need to keep this as part of our history, you know, because mm -hmm. it's a showcase of what happens when you're overcrowded. When you put people that shouldn't be together together, like you mentioned someone who's rock bottom versus someone who, you know, maybe is schizophrenic and yeah. doesn't have the medication because it didn't exist back then. Exactly. They should not be together. No. There are places for that. So I just, I'm glad that it's there for us to see and remember. Um, but of course, these cutesy ghost stories make it a little more positive. Mm -hmm. But if, if you don't know what really we're talking about, I really urge you re, uh, listeners to kind of do some research on like the early years of mental institutions and what happened to our special needs uh, children and adults too, oh, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's why IDEA, well, it's IDEIA now, right? Yeah. That's why it exists is to protect people. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> it's a lot of sort of different podcast. That's a different podcast or education podcast. will come out soon too. All right. So anyway, <laughs> hold on. Fourth one. Well, I'm done. <laughs> They'll do another bonus episode. So yeah, um, reports of hangings were our standard. Um, people would jump off the roof too. So again, a lot. Uh, it says on the second page that I have here from the Philly Ghosts website that a large percentage of those who died are buried on site with unmarked graves. Yeah. So I'm not even sure if there is a record of how many people died here. I know. Uh, because when you're overcrowded, how do you keep proper paperwork, you know? Yeah. So again, kind of sad there. But let's move on to things that we have happened. I want to know how they got on the roof. Because it says most, like the majority of them were like from jumping off the roof. Like, what the heck? <laughs> I, I would say... <laughs> Severe overcrowding Jeez. and uh, severe lack of staff. Yeah, no supervision, but like I, I assume that means there's a ladder or stair stairwell that <laughs> well, goes up to the roof. Well, there has to be like, one. I've never been roof. on the roof of my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, our roof is different, but like for a, a flat-topped place like this, yeah, you, you have to get up there yeah. for maintenance and all that. Schools have it too. Like um, yep. Melville School has it. Yep. But again, like they got they broke free to do that, which kind of has me concerned. However. Now that schools are facing, you know, staffing shortages, you got all these kids running around and one person charge like 60 kids sometimes. Yeah. Watch your roofs. <laughs> Watch your roofs. Wow. No. All right. <laughs> anyway. So some random things you'll see happening in Hillview. Um, you'll hear reports of slamming doors. You'll hear voices talking to you. You'll hear the proverbial footsteps down the hall, right? People have seen um, ghostly fragments at the end of the hallways you'll feel like hands on your back or even yes. getting pushed yes that's, in extreme there are cases. some violent ones scratching on the floors which is interesting uh banging pipes rattling you'll also like smell um smoke you might see the residual hauntings of zach baggins walking the halls <sighs> okay listen i don't want to no. <laughs> all right so do, do you, you think that there's a house somewhere that he is haunting with his residual energy this one right here <laughs> the more we talk about him, the, the more real he becomes. The more podcasts I do, the more he pops up. And I'm just like, this is not a podcast for him. If we keep talking about him, he'll just materialize. Please, no. We have empty chairs here, and I want them to stay empty. They're, les Miserables, empty chairs and empty tables. I want that, and I want it to stay that way. Anyway, the first... Um, I should say that the one of the first ghosts I want to talk about, apart from the Marys, right, um, is the little boy that they actually allowed to come in. Again, they didn't take children very often. It was meant for, like, the elderly more so. But they did take in a little child that they everyone calls Jeffrey. 
Um, and that's mentioned in a whole bunch of articles, even Annabelle Wagner, who was not very nice in her article. She mentioned Jeffrey, too. So she said, uh, Jeffrey is a little boy who loved baseball and Babe Ruth. He was orphaned and abandoned at the poorhouse. And now he is there in his afterlife. He shoots marbles. On the actual website of the Philly Ghosts website, they mention him. And it says that um, one of the most commonly seen spirits people have witnessed is that of a small boy. While children were not generally accepted into the home, there is evidence that a young boy was permitted to stay at the home when it first opened its doors. People refer to him as Jeffrey, and he is said to look to be about six or seven years old. There are legends attached to the spirit, though, that state that if you see him... You're going to perish soon after. You're going to die. And so as I was like combing through um, the website, there was a story of a guy who was there and like within like five days, he was dead and he had seen Jeffrey. And so, he, well, he had also, was he the same one who he saw like this black yes. thing yep. that would be around him and it followed him all, all around the, the manor, yeah. which is crazy. So maybe we don't want to go. Yeah, we've seen enough black things. We'll just wear lots of extra crucifixes and holy water. We'll be fine. It's fine. I haven't been a Dicton medallion. Yeah, we'll just bring the the crucifix out of our dining room. And I'll bring the medallion and we'll be fine. And and bottles of holy water. We'll just douse ourselves in holy water. Uh, But yeah, so. Kyle will bring his Ouija board from his backpack. No, it says you're not allowed to. One of the rules is you cannot bring Ouija boards. I know, I saw (laughs) I'm so proud. Thank you for saying no Ouija boards. Anyway, again, I appreciate these people. They're smart. But yeah, so Jeffrey seems really cute and he likes Babe Ruth. But also, if you see him, you're going to die. So I find that to be an interesting little story. Who else is there? Uh, So there is another man who you see usually around the boiler room. And he's an older man. He's unnamed, right? No. uh, From what I gather, he doesn't have a name. But he hates when people get near his space. (laughs) Get out. Uh, so to quote, um, is this from the Philly? This is the Philly Ghosts. Yeah, yeah Philly Ghosts. Blogger. So here's a quote from them. They say, uh, he's known to speak on EVPs asking anyone who trespasses to leave immediately. And actually, um, another article that I'd read had said that he is can, he can be very mean, too. Yeah. It's like he will shove and you smell the cigarettes around him. But I wonder, like... And I think he's the one who says, like, get out. You yeah. know, like, he'll straight up tell you to leave. I feel like on the website, there's an EVP where he, it's him talking. There's one who's like, get out, right? Um, mm-hmm. But he seems, like, to be the most angry. Although, if you see Jeff, you're going to die. So, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> which one's better here. Um, I wonder if he was, like, a worker. Probably, yeah. Room. All right. So, anyway, they mentioned Mary, uh, Mary Virginia again. People leave her presence, which is adorable. Lastly, uh, I looked at the Portals to Hell one, which is the Jack Osborne one. They were there, excuse me, they were there for four days. Four days. And they only got two rooms just because of all the activity there. What happened? Because I actually didn't read that. It was hallway and one north. They only got Uh, to a hallway? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So in a building that's almost 100,000 square feet, that is a very small piece of our building, is a quote from the the article here by Melissa Keene. And so the evidence and experiences they had did not disappoint. Jack said, it's like the building was alive and that building is relentless. Wow. And then he goes on to say, like, I really feel bad for the editing crew who has to knock this down to 45 minutes oh, because wow. of all the stuff they got. So I I wouldn't Too mind harder. trying to, I wouldn't <laughs> mind trying to find this episode. Yeah. And what, like, I would what like is to watch it, it from? Their original name was called, because it's now Portals to Hell, their original show was called... Is it on, like... Paranormal Lockdown. 
paranormal lockdown. Okay. Yes. Huh. Was it like during COVID? I don't think so. I think this was before COVID. They locked themselves down in paranormal places. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. What? So did they say like what all happened or did they keep it a secret because you have to watch the episode? Yeah, let's see. Here. Imagine only getting through like a hallway. <laughs> like <laughs> we couldn't go further because there was a hallway and it wouldn't stop talking to us. But like there were videos too, like them like in the hallways and trying to talk to something that's at the end. And you can see that there is very clearly some black figure and they're like, do you want to come here? No. Okay, well then fine, you know, like, and like they're asking that things like, you know, move, uh, move balls and stuff and toys. It's just, it's interesting. Like you could, there, these ghosts are so interactive. Apparently Jack Osborne has a quote, woogie boogie scale (laughs) (laughs) that he rates all of his, uh, places he visits. And he rated this place a nine out of 10. Yeah. And Carrie, the owner, says she holds that with a score that she holds that score with honor. Uh, yeah, I would, man. <laughs> That's why I don't think that Carrie and all the other owners now of this place, they're not going to let us come for free, PJ, because they've been on every TV show. They know that they got a, a niche here. But I want to end with one last story that is in no, it, it's connected to Hillview. That's about a, a nursing home. It's from the creepy stories again, but it's a happy story because today is St. Nicholas Day. In the Catholic Church, St. Nicholas is basically our Santa Claus in, like, Western culture. But St. Nicholas was, like, a totally cool dude. He, you know, was from a wealthy family. I want to say they were, he was a Greek family. I think so. Yeah. It was rich. Um, he went into, like, the he um, loved the Catholic faith, wanted to be a good priest, good person. And he's now our patron saint of... Um, really the poor and women who want to marry because there is this beautiful story about this father who cannot take care of his daughters. And he basically has to sell them into slavery, like uh, marriages that would not do well because they don't have dowries. So their lives would have been horrible. And so it said that Nicholas went into their houses because you used to put your, your socks and your shoes by the fireplace to dry overnight because you had one pair of shoes and one pair of socks. Um, so he put gold coins in their shoes um, and then they were able to pay for their own dowry and like, you know, live their own lives. So that is like, so this morning our kids woke up and they had little guests from St. Nicholas. Yeah. Right. And of course, modern day. And we, he was German. Well, he was, but I want to say that uh, he came from a, a Greek family. He might come from Greece. Yeah. Yeah. So we hear, we've heard of like Sinterklaas, we've heard, uh, you know, Krampus, that kind of stuff. And we have Père Noël in France. And then we take these ideas and we kind of make it this amalgamation of Santa Claus. Yep. I don't want to say it was Coca-Cola that made our fat, jolly Santa that we have nowadays. No, it was a toy store. It was? It wasn't? Mm-hmm. It, wasn't... it was the rhyme, the the poem about the night jolly before Christmas. Jolly old Saint Nicholas, lean your... That one? No, the night before Christmas. Oh, where they mentioned the and correct then, reindeer? Yes. And then Coca-Cola took that description and they made... The man the that visual. we know to get today. Yeah. Yep. Can I just please make a side comment that my eighth graders and I did research on reindeer because we decorate our entire hallway. We have enough doors in our middle school hallway to um, do all of the reindeer, including Rudolph. And so we wanted to make sure that we had all the names spelled it's a correctly. big hallway, by the way. Well, at our school is also haunted. <laughs> anyway, um, so we made sure the names are spelled correctly. We wanted to see who were females, who were males, in case we wanted to put bows in their antlers for the doors. And we were all amazed to learn that, you know, it's not Donner, it's Donder. And if you listen to the readings of it in like the 1940s, you'll hear them say Donder, right? And yep. even our recording of Thomas Kincaid, he says Donder. He doesn't say Donner. Yeah, I always thought it was like a glitch in the microphone Me too. when yeah. he was reading it. Because he says Donder and Blitzen. So during our research, we learned it is Donder, D-O-N-D-E-R. And it comes from the germ, because the, the, 
poem is actually German and it's Dunder, D-U-N-D, like Dunder, you know, Dunder mm-hmm. Mifflin from The Office, <laughs> but D-U-N-D-R. And then Blitzen was actually Blixum, which is fun to say, Dunder and Blixum. So the... Blitz, Blitzen makes sense because that's Blitz is German for lightning, so yep. it's like speedy. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, Blixum, and then we changed it to Blitzen. So, hmm. uh, with those, that, so that was interesting. So we learned that. And then there was a big fight in the hallway because people saw the name Donder on the one teacher's door, and they're like, that's spelled wrong. You eighth graders can't spell. And we're like, no, we did the research. We're correct. You're dumb. Got to put an article next to it. Well, that's a joke. Like, we're going to have to put up our, our, our founded research. Um, but I said, like, <laughs> In, in a nutshell, Donner was a bad guy. Well, the Donner party, I shouldn't say they weren't bad. They were ill-fated. They ate people, okay? Yeah. We don't like Donner in America because they ate people. We don't like Dahmer because he also ate people. But Donner is a nice reindeer who just wants to bring you presents. And so... You know what Donner the reindeer does? Eats reindeer. People. Yeah, eats people too. We don't want him either. He rides with uh, Krampus. Ooh, a new story is made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a new a new scary story. Anyway, uh, but we also learned that all the reindeer are female, scientifically. Yep. Maybe not by name, but... No, yeah, but scientifically. And for our listeners who don't believe me, look it up. Reindeer and caribou, they're the same thing. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. We learned that too. Female reindeer shed their antlers in the summer, and they have their antlers all winter until they the springtime when they're giving birth. Male reindeer shed their antlers in the winter and have them all summer. So since we see all of Santa's reindeer with antlers, they have to be female because it's Christmas. It's yeah. winter. But according to the poem, the first four are female. I mean, Vixen. Come on. That's a girl's name. <laughs> so the, traditionally, in terms of the poem, the first four are female, and the last four and Rudolph are males. Donder. Der, Don Der, is a boy. So there you go. So why am I talking about Santa Claus? Well, today's St. Nicholas Day. And so this last story, which is not scary, but it's really sweet, comes from the 10 creepy ghost stories from the RNs, um, you know, the windows oh, okay. and stuff. Yep. So I want to finish up with this story right here. I just think it's so sweet. It starts off by saying, when I first started nursing, I had this patient that looked just like the pictures you see of Santa. He had the white exact beard, the belly, and the cheerful disposition. We told him how much he looked like Santa Claus, and he'd laugh. He forgot to, I forgot to mention, too, that this was in December, which also made it freaky. So we asked him who was going to deliver those toys since he was in the hospital. And he laughed, and he said he would just have to be out by the big night. As the days got closer, he was still very sweetly joking with us nurses, and he showed no sign of a change in his condition. Around 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve, he passed away quietly in his sleep. The staff was in shock and saddened that his wonderful man had passed on what should be one of the happiest nights of the year. Then we realized his words before that he had said he had to be out of here for Christmas. I haven't believed in Santa since I was eight years old, but that night when I went home, I looked up into the sky hoping to get a glimpse of my Mr. Santa Claus. Isn't that sweet? That's a great so, story. And that's just how it ended. So I thought that was a really sweet way to end the story. Yep. So there you go. The Haunting of Hillview Manor. You, If you are in Pennsylvania, you should come check it out because it is an amazing place to go. You can get EVPs and videos really super easy. Check out their website. Um, Carrie does do public tours. You can also talk to her about doing private investigations. It's less than two hours from where we live. Oh, you looked it up right now? Well, no, it's offside Philly, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's got to be. 
because <laughs> Philly's two hours away from us. So Penn State's closer to us than this place. <laughs> but I mean, so really, it's an interesting place to go. Just make sure you're going late spring. So aim for late April, May. Uh, you can push into June. We had a great wedding day, June 26th, you know, so it can be nice in June sometimes. Do not go in July or August. Dear heaven, we're just promising you don't do that. <laughs> if you want to go in the fall, because it's kind of creepy, um, October can get chilly up here. I mean, I remember there being snow on the ground when we were um, trick-or-treating. We've worn winter coats to go trick-or-treating. It's usually pretty chilly in October, so don't get past September. A four-hour investigation with one two-hour live stream included mm. is 450 bucks. It's actually not that bad. No, it's not. <laughs> You can go all the way to eight hours, which is 800 bucks. Again, that's not bad. No, it's not. That's like any uh, amateur ghost hunters out there, like 800 bucks. Everyone, everyone in your team pitches in a little bit. Like you got yourself a night. I have no interest in doing any ghost hunting because of us going to the Jersey Town uh, Cemetery. <laughs> but um, And I don't like to dabble in those things. I like yeah. to kick them out of my house. <laughs> but if we wanted to do like... You know, I a, go a recording visit. session there oh, or yeah. something. That's something, you know. Just like Eastern State. I, I like going to these places to learn about the history and, like, you know, how we have learned from our past. Carrie, so. if we pay for the uh, four-hour <laughs> session, can, can we, we have, have an interview? interview? <laughs> we'll slip in an extra 50 and make it an even 500. And free editing. Oh, we'll buy hoodies. <laughs> we already said <laughs> that. No, I want a zippy one. That's a hoodie. But I want a zippy hoodie. I don't okay. want the pullover hoodie. Do you know if they sell? No. Carrie, do you sell? <laughs> do you sell zippy hoodies? Oh my gosh! I hope she answers. <laughs> I would squeal with happiness if she made it to the end. Of- so again, if we go, we pay for our private one. We'll get. Can we get a free interview? We'll buy hoodies or a fifty dollar interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I will throw in free editing of at least three pages on your website. How's that? <laughs> Edited by future Doctor Hayden. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's all I have for the season. Do you want to add anything else? No. I mean, this seems like a really, really cool place that I can't imagine too many people know about. Like, You know that Kyle's going to want to go now, right? We're going to have to take mm-hmm. Kyle. Yeah, Kyle's going to have to come. And Laura and Jen and, and, Ray. and Ray. We all pitch in and that $450 bill, $500 bill, <laughs> from just, just gets a little and little less. <laughs> just so... The more the merrier. There, there we go. We'll just leave the kids with your your parents. Done. All right. <laughs> we'll take Owen too. Owen want to go. Oh yeah. Oh, so happy Saint Nicholas Day, and you know I'm not sure when we'll have the next podcast up, but happy Hanukkah too to those who are celebrating the- soon. So have a lovely week. Um, happy late Saint Nicholas Day, and um, you know we're going to the Hanukkah season. So in the future, I'm gonna say happy Hanukkah, but that starts on the evening of the 18th and the 19th. So have a lovely holiday season. Yes, thank you everyone for listening. You can check us out at gamesoverboard.com. Email us at gamesoverboard at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Leave us reviews. Please. Yes. Uh, check out our other podcasts of Danger and Dice yes. and Games Overboard. Please like and share.
So thanks everyone for listening. Uh, be sure to check us out at gamesoverboard.com and email us at gamesoboard at gmail.com. You also said the contact button on our website. Yep. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Like us on Facebook and uh, please, if you and like. And share us on Facebook. Like and share. Yes, please. definitely. definitely. Spread the word. Spread the word. If you like the podcast and, uh, you know, we don't want to feel you feel pressured, but if you like the podcast, please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or uh, iTunes on or Facebook. Spotify, Facebook, you know, uh, wherever you get your podcast so we get some more um, viewership Feedback. that way. If you have an idea for a podcast for episode for here or for Danger and Dice, please let us know. I would love to expand my horizons for you. If you'd like to be a guest, share your story Absolutely. and we'll have you on the show. If your name is Carrie and you own the Hill of You Manor, you could be first in line for <laughs> a guest <laughs> spot on here. Yeah, I guess we don't have to be there. We can just, We can still talk to you. You know, online. Oh, no, we we can. We'll come to you. Well, I mean, we will come to you if you want us to. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) on Spotify or Facebook, on our website, on wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to check out Games Over Board, where we review our board games. Well, it's PJ's niche. And then join us on our Danger and Dice, where we have lots of fun with uh, D&D. Yeah, uh, definitely. If you want a good starting place, the Princess and the Dragon parts one and two are a great way to get into that podcast and see what that's all about. Although I think the Giant Slayer is going to be a good one. Giant Slayer is looking to be. <laughs> that's going to be a two-parter also, and that's looking real good. Yeah. So please <laughs> hang out with us some more through this holiday season. Have a great evening. Bye, everyone. <laughs>